The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You remember you used to do it in the stable? So I've done it for 10 years. Just do it! And as I'm about to land, it just nudged me and I knocked over Sheikh Mohammed. Well, the whole world went crazy. Hello, this is the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name is Justin, and joining me as always, the CEO of Merbles, the man with the cans, Mark Silver. How are you doing, mate? All right? Doing good, Justin. Doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. So this week, slightly different, out and about recording our podcast somewhere really exciting. Where were we? Where were we this week? How great is that? We got the opportunity to do a podcast with the greatest jockey of all time, legendary Frankie Dottori, because when we was planning this with them, we happened to be working in New market at the race course there that's where he lives so he said well uh, do you want to come and do it from my house so it gave us the opportunity to actually do our first podcast face to face um in person yeah it was a little bit different for us to be able to do that but we had um we had a camera crew in there and i thought it went really well yeah i did as well it, it, it does sort of change the dynamic a little bit i think when you're actually with the person that you're talking to and you're not sort of face them face to face and also you know going going around someone's house just sort of hello hi here we are here's the cameras here's us it did feel a bit strange yeah. but uh, he made us feel so welcome straight away that it, 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 he did he made us feel really he made us feel really welcome in there and uh he's got a lovely house obviously he was packing up right because he's on his way out of there because um going to be retiring soon so uh he's going to be off don't know where he's going to be going to but it was uh it was really nice to be there i've been i've been to his house once before i had the privilege hmm. me and mr mina got invited there uh we was doing some print signings and stuff it was lovely because when we were there last time he got the beers out for us um this one <laughs> you know we're on a job it was professional so we didn't get that opportunity but it yeah. was good no it's great well let's let's catch up with that Thank you very much for inviting us into your home. You're welcome. This is the first one that we've done outside of our sort of normal environment, so it's absolutely lovely to be here on site. But explain why. Because you're here for work, don't you? No, it's because we're not normally allowed to be near people. It's that restriction thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't let <laughs> Restraining all the... The courts don't let us, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful to be here. Thank you very much for inviting us here. We're going to go into the uh, artwork and stuff yes. in a little while. I just want to go into your career a little bit first and how it all started for yeah. you. How did you start your your racing career? What got you into your love of horses? Well, obviously, Dad was a champion jockey in Milan. And uh, on the Saturday mornings... I was made to go to the stables and watch him. And obviously, I've been around, at least I've been around horses as far as I can remember. Yeah. 
and uh, and basically, look, I like what Dad used to be. You know what I mean? He used to be a champion jockey. He had a nice villa. He had a nice car. Um, you know, he was the hero of, of the Italian racing. And, uh, you know, every weekend I spend all the weekends of the races watching my father. But I, I didn't spend it watching my father. I spent it in the, in the car park playing football with my with my mates right. well my mates were other jockeys kids uh, so in between races we stop the game watch the race and then start the game again right so then i'll always be attracted to horse racing for that reason to a point that you know goes hand in hand when you are a jockey's son you have to do the pony club so i did the pony club and then from pony club i moved into a kind of a show jumping bigger horses and then on the school holidays uh, when I was 11, from 11, 12, 13, and the summer holidays, I would spend uh, in the stable. Doing the whole thing, you know, mucking out, out, mucking yeah, yeah. out uh, riding. But uh, unfortunately, my dad worked for this, you know, he worked for, just say, Man City, right? The biggest stable. Okay. With the, you know, with the best horses, the most expensive horses. You know, I was only 12, so I was always put on the worst one, right. the quietest one, because everybody, two things. One, didn't want me to get injured, and second, didn't want the horse to get loose and injured itself. Right. So I didn't really learn a lot in those uh, three years because I was wrapped up in cotton wool. And then my father got kind of fed up with it, so he lost his temper. No, he didn't lose his temper, but just, you know, typical. But that was quite stubborn and hard. He said, right, uh, I'm going to send you to uh, Pisa for the winter to work for one of my mates, he's a uh, racehorse trainer. Okay. And he only had 30 horses. Uh, but lucky for me, I was about 13, 14. He had three daughters all my age. I mean, what a result. Yeah. <laughs> And, but, you know, this guy, because was, he never had a, a son, he had three girls. Yeah. So he kind of adopted me like his son, and okay. he taught me so much. Yeah, I would, you know, he would throw on every horse. I would get him run away with, fall off every day, but he just didn't care. He just yeah. put me like, he, he challenged me. So when my dad came back to pick me up, he realized how much I improved, and he got all excited, and um, so he started making plans for me. So he thought, the, because I was still quite young, was just over 14, he, saw, he thought, well, you know, he's young enough to spend six months in England and then six months in France, learn from the best, then come back and start it when you're 16 in Italy. And, uh, you know, obviously when, when that, when dad told me that, it, was, it just dropped like a bombshell and uh, I didn't want to go to England because all my Italian friends, they were, you know, I would lose all my friends. I couldn't speak English because I learned French at school. So uh, anyway, I, it was no no for an answer. So I was kicked out of the house, basically, and uh, and sent to Luca Comani. You know, I had a tag around my neck with my name in the, in, in Ostest carried me into the plane which was minor yeah somebody picked me up at the airport i lived in a bed and breakfast and uh, yeah that's how i started basically then six months later after a gasp of a few words and i started to make friends and then when it was time for me to leave i actually didn't mind staying and then yeah 37 years later i'm still here <clears throat> this is your that's home amazing. now right yeah yeah amazing, right. it? but i'm mad at your starter really because actually i was meant to go to france Right, so it could have been very months. different. Yeah, exactly. So just the way the things. That's are. very young to sort of be doing stuff on your own. Really. Yeah, I, you know, my dad was very strict, and and back in the day, you could leave school at fourteen if you had a mm. a, a, a job. Right. So I kind of uh, I was able to leave school because I said I was I was going to be an apprentice and become a jockey. So uh, so that's that's main about you know I it was tough, but uh, it made you live and it made you understand uh, you know it make you grow up much yeah. quicker. And yeah, looking back, I love it. Some ter- terrible times. I cried a lot of times when I was young. Yeah. 
and you know, so being Italian, I was bullied. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I wasn't that the only one being bullied. But already being from another country uh, back in the eighties was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, only okay now we are, we accept everyone. But back yeah. in the day, it was you know, yeah, to be on your guards because that's the way society was. And uh, but anyway, I passed through it, and then all the guys that used to bully me, they became my best mates. It was yeah. quite course, weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that toughened you up? Do you think that made you quite tough? Just being hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. But that was strict. I was not allowed to call him once a week with the coins in the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, with the fifty pence. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, so you know, I spent. You know, days of crying because I was lonely, and but you know, you know, but eventually it makes you tough, and and then you know you find a way out, you know, and then mm-hmm. um, you know you start making friends. I started, you know, uh, learning a few words of English. Yeah, and the rest is history. Now you've had a very uh, long and successful career in horse racing. What would you say is the the biggest high of your career, and and also what would be the lowest part of your career as well? Well, the biggest high as as a single race, I would say the Epsom Derby with Golden Horn. In 2015, what you know very well, then we'll talk about it later. <laughs> then you made me a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for many reasons, I was 44. The first derby that I won, it was a relief. I didn't really enjoy it. I did enjoy it, of course, I won, but it was just more of a relief than enjoyment. Mm-hmm. The second one, my kids were old enough to understand it. Yeah. They had a nice banner outside the door when I left. Uh, no, good luck, Dad. And so I, I understood, you know, and it made me more proud of it. And yeah, I mean, to the point that when I knew I was going to win, my body felt like jelly. Like I, I just like someone like z- zipped all the energy out of my body. I just I couldn't. I, I felt like I was moving, but I felt like I couldn't. I wasn't moving. Yeah. So it was a very weird sensation. So that biggest thrill and uh, biggest disappointment in my career. Thousands of them. Right. <laughs> like if I have to pick one, possibly the Breeders' Cup. In 1999, when I rode this great horse called Swain, you know, I just lost my composure, kept on hitting him left hand, the horse was drifting out right, didn't correct him, and I just got pipped on the post. Probably the biggest race in America in front of everyone, and yeah, I remember crying, on the way back I was crying in my wife's lap because I was so devastated but because you realised it was in your hands it was yeah exactly a mistake, just, yeah exactly especially in the, in the biggest race in America so I got slated big time but you know nobody's had a perfect life so but you know i would say probably my biggest disappointment we've got to talk about the flying dispound yes how did you first try that and uh has there any been any sort of mistakes of doing that where it hasn't come off quite well i described it is is it like a goal equivalent to a goal celebration right so that's your way yeah of of course listen i was uh i did four winters in america in america in California, I was a teenager. On the week, on the weekends, I mean, the, I mean, obviously, I was going racing every day because I wanted to copy everybody's style. I mean, some of the best jockeys in America were there, and also this guy called uh, Angel Cordero Jr. used to fly because he was based in New York. So he used to fly almost every other weekend. But, you know, because I used to try to copy his style, and oh, 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 obviously, when he used to, when he used to jump off the horse, so I was fascinated by. It. So I was like, like uh, any teenager. Or, it was my hero fan. I used to rush into the winner's circle and watch him do it. So in the mornings, I mean, I used to go to ride track work every morning. Uh, some, sometimes, you know, towards the end of the morning, if I was right on a quiet one, when I went back into the stable, I would, I would practice. Give it pra- a go. I'd yeah. give it a go. Yeah. And all the, all the grooms there, they, you know, all of them are Mexican. They were laughing and cheering, <laughs> you know. And, oh, you think you are Angel Cordero? As a joke. 
So I just I did it a few times. And obviously the, the words must have spilled to the trainer. And the trainer told my trainer in England, Luca Kumani, that I was working at the time, what my antics, what I was doing in the mornings, right? Mm. But it was all a bit of fun. Forgot all about it, didn't do it for years. And then it was when I won my first British Cup in 94 in Baratheia in Kentucky for my, bo- for my boss then, Luca Kumani. He said to me, as we went to the winner's circle, we got the flowers on the horse, we're taking the picture. And he said, do, do, do the jump. I said, what are you, what are you all about? Because this is talking about 10 years down the road. So yeah. I do the, you remember you used to do it in the stables? I haven't done it for 10 years. Just do it. So I did it. Well, the whole world went crazy. In England, they were, some people loved it. Some people they said, oh, I was hurting the horse's back. Right. I shouldn't be allowed to do this. Disrespectful to the horse, disrespectful to other people. I mean, it was like, so I had good people telling me great. People telling me it's bad. So I was always, at the beginning, they didn't, didn't know what to, I didn't know what to. So when I came back to England, they didn't know if they wanted to find me or suspend me. I mean, it was so ridiculous. I'm talking about this is in the early 90s where Sky just bought the Premier League and uh, the Premier League went, yeah. and, uh, you know, people after school, they were dancing, doing somersaults and piggybacks, yeah. all sorts. So then race to realize, well, we have, we have to keep up with the, with, with the trend here. So from trying to ban me, now they were trying to encourage me to do it. So it's amazing how things reversed. And also, look, being an Italian, being a flamboyant person, and, uh, you know, it, it, when you win, you don't celebrate. What's the point doing the job, you know? So yeah. some horses, they're a bit nervy. I don't do it, but in general, I try to do it. So you know when you can't get away with it with a horse, do you? Yeah, you know, absolutely, you, yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not your, it's not your But it's most of the horses that just run, uh, like, uh, two, yeah. two miles flat out. So they're usually quite tired. <laughs> yeah. But you get the odd one that is still had enough energy that, you know, it will do something silly, so you just have to be Careful. And you just feel that and think, oh, yes. I won't do it. Well, exactly, exactly. Does it hurt when you land or is it... Um... Uh, yes, I don't do any more on a hard surface. Usually I try to do it on grass because I bust my ankle twice. So if I do it, look, the adrenaline takes over, you do it. Yeah. Mm. But then the next day my ankle goes... Get yeah, a big question. Yeah, yeah. It went wrong a couple of times. Once I uh, fell backwards on my bum and once, unfortunately, the horse moved and I was I'm about to land it just nudged me and I knocked over Sheikh Mohammed. Oh. And it did not go down very well. No. No. <laughs> Especially in this white dish and it was in Dubai. So, oh. so I was, no, no. Can't, can't it was an accident. That. It was an accident. Yeah, of course. I'm sure. Some of your highlights are now being immortalised in murals and stuff. Mark, do you want to talk about the first mural that you've done of Frankie? Yeah, so we uh, we created a big, big portrait of Frankie in Epson on the side of the uh, main grandstand. And that fits um, in what I just said, because that was my biggest thrill that I got in my entire career in one single race. So, that's it. But you know what? It was... Uh, Believe you won't believe this. It was a surprise. I knew I knew something was going on at Epsom because no one kept their mouth quiet. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I I'll be honest, you're not disrespecting you. I expected maybe a painting or something. But then when I turned the corner, I saw this massive mural. Well, it was a painting. <laughs> just a big one. Just a massive one. So uh, amazing, you know. Very um, taken by the the moment, and, and what an amazing job, you know. Fantastic. Well, people ask me what what you were like because that was the first time we. Yeah. So people said, "What was Frankie like when you met him?" I said, "Well, he was really quiet." Yeah, I was. And then they said, "Well, like, yeah, that's not Frankie. What's going on there?" Yeah, I was not. I didn't back. expect it. It's the most famous race in the world, the Epsom Derby. Yeah, so yeah, it's a great course. Uh, yeah. there was and a also, few like I said, it, it was my b- biggest thrill. So it's great that he's immortal.
immortalized. And I'm sure at some stage somebody will draw a moustache on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's already there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. But no, not from the fans. There was people, when we were there, people were loving it. And everyone agreed that this is completely worth it. You, you yeah. deserve that. It's an honour that you, you definitely deserve. There's lots of these tributes that go up to yeah. people. And they're done kind of tongue-in-cheek and everything like that. You know, but in terms of horse racing, if, even if you don't follow horse racing... You know, thank you. Just. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sorry. And, and that's special, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Was it? Was there any particular challenges on painting that one, or was it fairly straightforward? Uh, the only challenge... Uh, you done it in the winter, didn't you? It's freezing cold. Uh, it was very windy. I mean, it's very windy there anyway, right? Because right? it's very open. Yeah, so when you're spraying, um, anyway. it's kind of blowing it before it's hitting the wall. But I'm not worried that he was up in the sizzle lift being blown around. He no. Was, it was fine. So Josh was up there. Now, so Josh... You to, do you have to keep the, the spray close to the wall? Pretty close to the wall, yeah. But the problem was really because... Was a little bit of the wind and then Josh who was working on it he was one of the main artists on it he's a perfectionist they all are but he is a proper perfectionist in the point that I have to pull him off a job I look at it and go mate that's incredible that's done he would just keep going so where it was meant to be like three days on the big portrait I think it was there five or six in the end oh really just to get it right. perfect yeah and yeah. Uh, I can't remember where I was I was up in Liverpool at the time because we were doing a John Barnes mural we were doing Paddy the Baddy yeah. and Molly McCann yeah. the UFC fighters and uh, Ian Callahan with Phil Neal that so that was it. the yeah, other yeah. one so we had three going up in Liverpool all at the same time and we had Frank your one going on down here so we were trying to manage everything at the same time so it was quite stressful Yeah. but at the end of the week we had three amazing four amazing murals yeah. that have gone up at the same time yeah um, so then obviously coming down to see Frankie and I, just seeing people's reactions to it, it, was, yeah. it, it we knew we'd done something pretty special there's one at Sandown as well right so Sandown was the second one um, which I don't know if you've seen it I haven't seen it yet but have no. you finished it uh, yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah so obviously we planned to finish it for a race that you was yeah. going to be racing in you didn't you weren't yeah. able to race yeah, that's right. you, so uh, you went you went to Italy on holiday right I was um, I was on a suspension actually you was, <laughs> yeah you were suspended right yeah. from Ascot Ascot yeah yeah so it was the eclipse uh, actually it was the eclipse yeah. the, the, plan, the plan was to finish it and then yeah. you to be there but obviously it didn't quite work out but there's a nice nice mural up there that took about four days that was bad weather bad rain and in fact actually during the racing there wasn't as many people there as you'd normally see yeah but it was good because all of a sudden we've done one big piece of Frankie now what happened was the jockey club have said like we love that but can we not have it at Sandown as well yeah. and, and now you know everyone now every race course is going to yeah, say but, I mean, every race well. course got a grandstand every race course got a grandstand with nothing on it with a but that's it concrete bare. walls yeah exactly yeah. yeah so that's that's the idea they're looking at what we're doing with other sports because although we're we're doing a lot in the football world yeah. but we're doing cricket now you know rugby so all these sports want to show the fans that we're, we're cool street mm. art is cool 
Mm, let's yeah. do something. Let's do a triple. It's cheaper than doing statues. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why we do it as well. Yeah. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson, and you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. We, we always ask uh, everybody that we speak to, is anybody that you think should be immortalised in the mural, uh, either uh, racing or perhaps football, Arsenal? Is there anybody that you think should be? Well, I, even, even with Arsenal, I mean, obviously, you know, I grew up with the era when Ian Wright was the daddy, mm. and then... Thierry came and broke his record. And yeah. He'll always be someone. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when I started as a kid following football, I was a Juventus support. I still am. And Liam Brady was oh, my hero. Man. I was Liam only Brady. 10 year old, 11 yeah. year old. And I met the guy yeah. in England many a times yeah. because uh, he loves his racing. So I met one of my childhood heroes. Wow. You know? He was a good, great, great player. What a legend for Juventus and Arsenal. Yeah. He, he came to West Ham at the end of yeah, his exactly, career. So yeah. as I, well, yeah. like literally as I started going to football, he played for West Ham. Uh, and his very last ever game, he scored an absolute blinding yeah. goal. So I, I heard a lot about Liam Brady. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So then obviously then you said like Ian Wright, I can imagine that generation. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And then Thierry Henry, you've got Bergkamp. And all, all, there's so many, isn't there, that you can I mean, go... when I first started, uh, obviously, um, you know, obviously we had Seaman and Tony Adams. Yeah. Emerson and Petit. You can name all of them, can't you? Unbelievable. They were incredible. What about Ray Parler? Yeah, right, Ray Parler. He loves his racing as well. He does love his racing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was an amazing uh, hero to be an Arsenal Arsenal supporter. And actually, one of my first games I went, I actually, um, I stood in the terraces in the clock end yeah. where you could then yeah right? and i think it was one of the last years before yeah. media or seating but it was lots of fun yeah so what was the what why was it arsenal why did you support arsenal was it Liam brady so basically i uh, i couldn't get the gasp of english football because in italy the world stopped sunday three o'clock kickoff 20 matches right yeah that's it the, the day was not now in england it was an early game one <laughs> sunday one saturday you played the same team three times in a week <laughs> coca-cola cup league and uh not a cup i mean you just i couldn't work it out i mean it was and then three points behind with uh, one game in hand i mean it was like so com- complicated right but if you used this fine but coming from italy it was like this is it and this is the table at, at final it would be a lot whistle. easier wouldn't it yeah. Like yeah. and it just worked like that and um, a good friend of mine Willie Ryan who won the derby on Benny the Dip uh, he used to bang, go and bang on about Arsenal and Arsenal at the time were the best team you know with Georgie Graham and mm. you know one nil to the Arsenal yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, so he took me uh, racing and uh, he was very friendly with David O'Leary where he loved racing Merson he loved racing I mean most of the English people loved the racing yeah and, uh, you know, I went to the players' lounge, I got to meet them all, and Arsenal were top of the league. I said, why not? I'll support Arsenal. And then I kept on following him, following him, following him. And then two years later, all the Italians came to England. Zola, yeah, Viali, yeah. they all went to Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. So everybody thinks that I should support Chelsea, but it's too late. You know, I, I chose my team and that's it. Yeah. But really, the Italian influence of people, the Ravanelli, and they all came yeah. after, after I chose my Arsenal team. You can't swap those. I can't, too late. Much is, much is that's it. it, that's, that's it. it. You're done, you're done. So what about uh, racing icons or maybe even horses? Is, is there uh, anyone you can think that should be immortalised on... Well, this one should be mortalised. That's my girl, Enable. She, she, I'm not saying she's the best horse I've ridden, but the horse that I love the most. Uh, obviously, two arcs, three King Georges, was never been done before. Mm-hmm. A British Cup in America, so she's special. To me, to my eyes, she'd be immortalised. And obviously, you know, Lester Piggott goes without saying, but he's already been immortalised everywhere. Yeah. The statues of him everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going. He, nobody can ever get to his level. We've been asked by the jockey club to do 
something at Aintree. Yeah. And that would be red rum. I'm, I'm, well, of so, course. Uh, Three wins in two seconds. Yeah. I mean, if, if, to run it five times as a horse is amazing. Yeah. But to win it three times in two seconds, I mean, I mean, I you know, it was before my time, but every time I watch any documentaries or movies about Red Rum, it's amazing. I actually, when I was a apprentice, I uh, stayed overnight at Ginger McCain's. And it, this was like uh, in the evening, it was, still, it was dark. It was like autumn time. I went to see him. He was a 30, 30 it was 30 by then. Wow. He still lived for a long age. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw him, I touched him. I mean, oh, stop it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, touch the legend. That's a proper legend, isn't it? Yeah, it's a proper legend. Yeah. Are you, are you allowed to talk about the new mural? Yeah, yeah, why not? Do Let's, ch- I, I don't know. I don't know if you know about it. Do I don't you know. know I know there is a mural coming up in Newmarket, but I don't there know. You go. There you go. And that's about it. Well, there's two. There's actually two. Two. And the reason is when we went down there and we've done what we've done at Epsom, we've done it at Sandown, you walk around and they're like, what do you think of this wall? What do you think of that wall? Yeah. That's what we do. We just yeah. look at walls. And um, at Newmarket, there was there was a couple. There's one giant wall that is on the actual race track. So it's on one of the big buildings that you can only see it yeah. on the race track. And I think we're all in agreement that that is such a great wall. The problem is, is the public don't see it. You get to see it on the TV through yeah. the cameras and the, the riders get to see it, but general it's public do place, not get to yeah. see it. So we was like, well, we've got to do it. We do another one around the corner. So I'm like, okay. So we've got another one going around, which is just by the stables. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. two going up. One of them we started yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we've got Nasha and Mina on it. Mina was working through the night last night. So I think three o'clock in the morning he got home. So most of it's kind of up there now. And and hopefully by Friday it will be nearly ready. And then the plan is that we'll come back and do the other one for the Dubai Festival, the Dubai Championship. Yeah, perfect. Um, which is in October. You, Probably when you're. I was going to say, will you ever, will ever finish? Yeah. Oh, it'll be finished. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have it nearly finished just okay. before, and then we'll get you down there and everything like that. In fact, what we're going to do is we want to be clever on this. We want to get you to come down there and help spray a little bit of wall, so okay. you can help. We'll see what your art skills are like. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Mind you, if if I ruin it, you can spray no, all no, 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 you won't ruin it. <laughs> And, and in fact, we're going to invite a couple of your friends to come and join okay. us to help us spray the wall. So I'd love to do we're, that. we're thinking to invite uh, Mr. Alan Brazil down. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Ray Parler, because of yeah. the Arsenal connection yeah. and yeah. he loves his horse races. Potentially Ali McCoy's, yeah. what do you think? Obviously, you were. Question of Sport, we did two years together. Yeah. Of course. And the podcast is obviously with Talk Sport and Alan Brazil, Ray Parler. Perfect. And McCoy's, all you can get the whole team there. Yeah, Here we go. So we get them down, spraying a bit. If they do ruin it, then we're going to have to fix it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But no, no, we, we have to get you down there and we're going to yeah. get you to spray your name on it. We'd we'll love to do that a lot yeah. to do that oh brilliant whatever you want we're, we're down there we're down there for the rest of the day today we're down there tomorrow or we can do it in October we're doing yeah. October because it's too hot today it's really yeah. <laughs> it's lovely I know it's really nice. nice so uh, yeah so you won't see any of that until you come down there yeah, but we'll, so, I'll work it out yeah, and perfect. get you down there um, you know so there's two it's two nice weekends in October yeah. it's one at the end uh, it's one early it's actually three weekends in a row so right. I'm sure I'll be there at some stage fantastic well you're going to be racing aren't yeah. you so, and, that, and that that will be your last race of all time 21st October be asked Scott, but Newmarket will be the 14th of October. October. Yeah. So obviously, every time you do your last race at Epsom, yeah. last race, yeah. is that emotional? And Well, I'll be honest with you, I ever let my emotion too much because I still got a job to do. I'm sure I get to the last day, be tough. Yeah. But, you know, is uh, you try to focus a bit, you know, and luckily for me, you know, this, uh, when I say luckily, you know, okay, it's my last one in Europe. It means a lot, my last one in England. Ascot is where I had my most successful, but I still got America. I still got Melbourne. So yeah. so I, I can't let myself get too emotional because I still got to do the job. But, you know, it will be difficult, but uh, I, I, I try to make a negative positive and enjoy it because, you know, it is my finale and make the most of it. And I guess going out at the top, 
that's what they say, right? What, yeah, what, the, why yeah now? I mean, it's very you know. hard to pick the time. But I will be 53, you know, I'm not uh, that young anymore. And, uh, you know, I think this is the right time, you know. I'm still... You're still winning races now. You're still exactly. Well. I mean, but but is I... it the injuries, is it the eights and the bands? It's not like, look, I didn't want to end up like Ronaldo when he played the World Cup and yeah. the best player in the world, they left him on the bench, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this can easily happen in any sport. So I want to stop him on to when I'm, you know, still playing the full 90 minutes, not when I'm just playing 10 minutes. So I think this is the right time. Yeah, let me just give him the mule's the, the cap. Oh yeah, you got a little gift here. So only only the special guests of murals get to have one of these. So you're part of the, part of the team now. You've done got four murals of yourself, so you've got to have the cap. Right? God, it takes four murals to get a cap. Yeah, you you're stingy. <laughs> so, we've, so we've only ever given one away because I think Stephen Gerrard's the only one that's had four. I've got it, yo man, I've got it. You've got the murals cap. <laughs> Suit yourself. Suit yourself. It does. Thanks. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks. all your time. Thank you very much for inviting us into your home. Thank you. I love, it. I love the hat. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was great. I'd love to do more of those. If uh, if any other sports stars that you've done murals of want to invite us around their house, I mean, that, that'd be great. You know, Elton, if you're listening, you know, got plenty of murals of you. That was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that. And yeah, I mean, he just made us feel relaxed from, from the minute one. So it didn't feel too too heavy doing that interview. Great stories as well. The dismount. What a what a great story about the dismount as well. Well, we knew what Frankie's character's like, right? So we we knew he was going to give us some some great stories. There was never going to be any awkward silent moments. Mm. Uh, he's he's a great character, and as he said, lots of lots of great stories. And I think obviously at this point where he's kind of winding down his career, he's probably relaying a lot to himself and thinking about a lot of his career from the start. I mean, obviously there was some great stories about how it all started. Obviously, yeah. we weren't, weren't knowledgeable about that. I'm not a horse racing fan, so I wouldn't have known too much about it. But like I said to him in the podcast, you know, even if you're not a horse racing fan, you know who Frankie Dettori is. Yeah. And that's what makes it so special. But I thought it was great being, you know, being able to do it in somebody's home. And I think that, you know, we always said, how can we get these podcasts out there? It's about doing them efficiently and economically. Mm. And so far they've been great. But I think going forward, maybe Series 2, we'll probably be looking to see how we can do them face-to-face and studio-based and stuff like that. Yeah, it does make a little bit of a difference because visually then people can see the reactions. I mean, it's great to listen to. Podcasts yeah. are great to listen to. But sometimes you can, you know, see people's, hand movers, gestures, it sort of gives a little bit of a slightly different context to it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. No, it's great. You know, the whole sort of getting mic'd up and stuff. I thought, this, this feels very professional, this. And the clapping of hands to start the filming and stuff. I thought, oh, this is <laughs> this is unusual. But yeah, <laughs> it was great fun. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that uh, that podcast. Uh, as Mark says, hopefully we'll be doing a, a few more out and about going forward. Thank you very much for joining us here on Sight and Spray It. We will catch you next time. Cheerio. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123.
They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.